At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare getting ready to take on spring make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools from hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is the Pittsburgh CityCast with Tim Benz, presented by Bet Rivers. You said 87, what does that mean? Well, yesterday, my room number was 1787. So, we just felt like it was fate. I don't know, we both love Sid. and uh, We just knew we were going to win when I got that room number. So, technically, technically, that counts as Sidney Crosby winning a Stanley Cup ring too, right? I mean, Nathan McKinnon. Andrew Cogliano, the Avs, they wouldn't have won it without him and his number 87 powers. That much was clear on the ABC postgame interview. At least that's how Pittsburgh is interpreting things, of course. I am Tim Benz. This is the Pittsburgh CityCast. We are brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the app today or go to BetRivers.com. So there you have it. Four Stanley Cups for Sidney Crosby. Give him his fourth. It's Wimbledon week. And Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook is your go-to sportsbook for all tennis-related betting. Today through the 4th of July, place a $25 wager on Wimbledon at Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook for a free $10 Bet Rivers live bet to use on any Wimbledon match. Simply log on to the Bet Rivers app, and now you can even live stream tennis matches right from the Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook. Singles matches started early today at Wimbledon, but there's still time to let Gil Alexander get you ready for all the action with beating the book, the Megapod via VEASAN. Gil enlisted the help of Drew Dinsick and Dan Weston from NBC Sports Edge to break down the tournament, talk about the futures and first-round matchups, and a whole lot more. Also, as we just talked about, a new Stanley Cup champion has been crowned, the Avalanche 
are the new champions of the National Hockey League. They were favored every day of the season to lift the Stanley Cup, and they did that on Sunday night by eliminating the Lightning on the road in a sixth game. Our resident NHL expert at VEASAN, Andy McNeil, nailed Kale McCarr as the Conn Smythe Trophy winner to end the season on a high note. And now we'll look ahead to the NHL draft on July 7th and the start of free agency on July the 13th. That's where things will get really interesting for the Pittsburgh Penguins. The Avalanche are clear favorites to repeat at Bet Rivers, the shortest odds by far at plus 425. The Maple Leafs, the team with the shortest odds, according to Bet Rivers, in the East at plus 900. The Lightning are next at plus 1,000, followed by the Panthers at plus 1,100. We don't get to the Penguins until they're at plus 2,500. That's 11th on the board. I'm not touching it. If you want a piece of it, you go right ahead. Too many unknowns, too many questions about whether or not they keep Latang and Malkin, too many questions about how they will spend their money if they don't. Let me put it to you this way. If you are someone who is going to put money on the Penguins regardless, if you are going to put a futures ticket on them to win the Cup regardless, my advice is this. The odds are going to get shorter if they keep Malkin and Latang. If they do that, the line will shrink because they're familiar names and people will consider that as a good team staying together, so I think the money will reflect that. So if you're someone who thinks that they will keep those guys, get in now. The odds will be more in your favor now than they will be at the end of July. If you think the team is going to let them walk, well then wait, because the odds will become longer and your payout will be better if they do win the Stanley Cup. Frankly, I think you're throwing money away. Might as well tie it to a rock and throw it into the Allegheny. I think you're going to pay either way. I think there's no way the Penguins win the Stanley Cup with or without Latang and Malkin. But if you're waiting to hit a home run, then wait for a grand slam and see what they do in free agency first. Follow the news, follow the signings, follow the reports, and make your decisions accordingly. Mark has some updates for you in that regard during the second half of the podcast when we get to the Madden Monday section of the podcast. We'll get into all sorts of Penguins talk with Mark Madden of 105.9 The X and Trib Live coming up in just a short amount of time. My Avs winning ticket came in for the final series. That puts a bow on my hockey betting season and on a good weekend of baseball. My Sunday came through just as planned. I sat out Pirates Rays on Thursday and Friday, waited to load up on Sunday. I said bet the Rays in all three games, so I suppose I could have won more, but I also said play the unders. They were 1-1-1 in the series there. One win, one push, one loss. The push was on Sunday with McClanahan pitching, and I told you to play McClanahan and the Raves. I said, play the under. I said, the Pirates run line, the individual run line for the team, under. And I said, go over with McClanahan and the strikeouts. I did three of those four. I left the overall run total alone because it was just too damn low. They spooked me into not playing it when the run line came in at six. That proved to be wise as it was a push as the Buccos lose 4-2. to two. But the Pirates did lose. I played that. In fact, I played the Rays on the run line and snuck through there with a 4-2 victory for Tampa. Uh, I even managed to sneak in under the individual total at 2.5 for the Pirates. I took the under there, and McClanahan got himself 10 strikeouts with an over-under of 8.5. So a good Sunday for me on that game. The MLB betting guide, nine games on the board to start the week. 
and uh, some interesting storylines. The Twins and Guardians five-game series that features a doubleheader on Tuesday. Sonny Gray and Tristan McKenzie setting the tone on Monday. Over under of eight on that one. The Twins are minus 125 on the road. Give me the under at minus 108 and give me the Guardians at plus 108. Dodgers and Tyler Anderson return to where it all began for the Rockies with him. He's 8-0 with a 3-0-0 ERA. Chad Cool is opposing for the Dodgers. Ex-Bucko versus Ex-Bucko here. You know I like to get in on those. Cool is now 4-5 with an ERA of 395. Give me the Dodgers on the run line at minus 130 on the road at minus 1.5. And give me the under of 11.5 at minus 106. Wow, it's still minus money for an 11.5 run line. I guess that's playing a course field, huh? Lucas Giolito tries to right the ship for the White Sox against Noah Syndergaard and the Angels. Also a dynamite pitching matchup, St. Louis's Adam Wainwright. The Marlins' Pablo Lopez opposing him. How about the Angels on the run line in that first one? The run line is one and a half. The payout is plus 150. I'll go in that direction on that game. And I'll take the cards at minus 127. That's not too much in my eyes to take Wainwright at home in that one. Some boosted bets today. Buxton to record a hit and an RBI versus the Guardians. That was plus 128 now, plus 140. Paul Goldschmidt to score a run versus the Marlins and an over 7.5 run total. That was plus 215. It's now plus 235. And over 1.5 teams to score 10 runs in Monday's MLB action. That was minus 110. It is now plus 100. Heck, if uh, you're believing kind of what the over-under is telling you in that Rockies-Dodgers game, they might go both over 10 themselves. We've got an over-under of 11.5. I know that's the total, but my gosh, if that's what they're forecasting, they must be thinking something really big in that one. I think the pitchers are good enough to suppress that score some, but uh, I get the message anytime they're playing in Coors Field. you got to take that into consideration. All right, when we come back, Mark Madden, it is a Madden Monday. Stick around. We're back here in the Bet Rivers Pittsburgh CityCast in 30 seconds. Bet Rivers Sportsbook is offering new customers a deposit match up to $250 when you sign up today. In addition to their welcome bonus, Bet Rivers has daily and ongoing promotions that can provide extra value. Download the Bet Rivers app or go to betrivers.com today to sign up. Presented by Rivers Casino Pittsburgh, must be 21 gambling problem. Call 1 800 Gambler. Bet Rivers Sportsbook is offering new customers a deposit match up to $250 when you sign up today. In addition to their welcome bonus, Bet Rivers has daily and ongoing promotions that can provide extra value. Download the Bet Rivers app or go to betrivers.com today to sign up. Presented by Rivers Casino Pittsburgh, must be 21 gambling problem. Call 1 800 Gambler. Brought to you by Bet Rivers. It is a Madden Monday. Tim Benz with you. Glad you're with us. Mark Madden from 1059 The X, as well as Trib Live, joining us right now. Download the app today or go to betrivers.com. Uh, we are taping in advance of the Stanley Cup final game between the Lightning and the Colorado Avalanche. So if you're listening on the podcast, I suggest that you find us for Madden Benz Unfiltered. Fresh content for you there on how the final goes between the Lightning and the Avs. But, Mark, we will start with hockey anyway. And uh, some of the things that you had on your show, some of your discussion about Chris Letang and Evgeny Malkin, 
Uh, what are you hearing about those two and where things stand with their contract offers from the Pens? Well, I hear different stuff all the time. The latest is that Latang and uh, Hextall are further apart on money than I had originally been told. So who knows if the first story was right or if the most recent story is right. But I just don't trust Hextall. He's been Penguins general manager for 17 months. And what's he done? He made a predictable cliche trade for Jeff Carter at the deadline, you know, fulfilling the obligation to do something at the deadline. That was uh, two seasons ago. This past season, he uh, made the same kind of trade, the cliche deal at the deadline for Ricard Raquel. Uh, he extended Carter because they're buddies from when they were at the L.A. organization together. Other than that, he's just signed a couple, you know, below-the-line free agents, guys like Brock McGinn. I still don't see any trace of a plan from Ron Hextall. So I, I don't know what's going to happen. But the more I hear stuff that, that Hextall is far apart with Latang, the less likely it is I think Latang stays. And as I wrote in the trip, if Latang doesn't stay, it guarantees the Penguins won't make the playoffs in 2022-23. Absolutely, 100% guarantees it. Uh, but, but the big worry is because I have no problem with moving on from Malkin and Latang, You know, you don't have to replace a man for man. You use the the cap space. You use the money to sign some depth and some youth. And maybe it doesn't pay off, you know, this 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 first season without Latang and Malkin, but maybe you lay groundwork for a couple years down the road. Maybe you kick the can uh, down the road no further in terms of this group having one last run. What worries me is he lets Malkin and Latang goes, and then he signs crap. That is a concern. I mean, I keep advocating for turning the page and using that $16.7 million that was counting against the cap last year, wisely this year. It's the wise part that concerns me, too. I'm with you, Mark, in the sense that uh, I think it's the smarter play to let those guys go and refurbish and rebuild around Sidney Crosby. But the execution has to be there, and we don't have a track record from Hextall to suggest that he'll do it right. Well, the reasonable play, you know, I, I, I think there's two right plays. One is to let him go. The, the reasonable play is to keep Latang and, and make changes around him, including trading a, a couple defensemen and giving POJ his shot finally. You know, I think that's reasonable because it gets you in the playoffs, but you are changing the team. And the bad thing to do, and I can see this happening very easily, the bad thing to do is to uh, – let Latango, and then by way of placating Sid, you keep Malkin. And then it becomes That's, easier to do because whatever money you save on Latang, if there's minimal difference for Malkin, you just kick him a little bit more than you would have and make him happy in that regard. Right. It's very easy to see that happening, isn't it? It is. Um, when you're talking about financial differences, Mark, being uh, significant between those two, are you hearing in excess of the gap? That was put forth by Elliot Freeman last week. Are you hearing it's more than that $1.25 million per year? Uh, yes, I am hearing that. I don't have an exact figure, but I am hearing it's a bigger gap than that. I haven't heard much of anything different from Malkin, and I don't trust Elliot Freeman, quite frankly, Tim. Uh, you know, I think he's a typical Canadian, quote-unquote, journalist, and that he throws a lot of crap at the wall and hopes something sticks. Um, case in point, he says there's a realistic chance the Penguins might get Flurry back. And, of course, Pat McAfee did his best Ed McMahon impersonation when he said that on, on Pat's show and went nuts over it, just, you know, totally overhyping it. But I can't think of one 
good reason to bring back uh, Marc-Andre Fleury. Uh, a, he won't want to be a backup. B, you'd have to pay him way too much. I mean, you can't use a bunch of cap money on a backup goalie. C, if you bring him in to start, where's that leave Jari? And D, Marc-Andre Fleury is 37 years old. I just don't get this predilection with never moving on. And I mean never moving on. I mean, never mind keeping Malkin and Latang. People want to bring back Flurry now? And I'm a huge Flurry fan, and there was a time it would have made sense, and it would have made better sense, you know, after the fact to keep him in the first place. But you've got to move on. For God's sake, you just got to. The thing with Flurry and the way it was framed by Friedman, when you say you don't really trust his reporting, Mark, I mean, one thing I had yet to hear was that Flurry didn't want to go to Washington because he thought he might be a Penguin again. Now, I had heard he didn't want to go to Washington because he had been a Penguin and just didn't feel right playing for them, but I never heard it framed in that, well, I might want to be a Penguin again, and I don't think I could play for Washington first. No, that, that's absolutely not why he... He didn't want to play against the Penguins. Simple as that. It had nothing to do with him maybe being a Penguin again. Yeah, I, I'd never heard that part of it. Playing for Washington would not have kept him from being a Penguin again. People play against teams and play for that team all the time. Mark Madden with us from 105.9 The X and, of course, Trib Live as well. Read Mark four times a week in the Trib, and you can listen to him Monday through Friday in the X3 until 6. Mark, I want to go back to the Jari thing because I wrote about that a little bit this week in the Trib. Where do you think their heads are as it relates to Jari and his contract? I mean, he can get extended this year. He's going into the last year. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I don't know anything about this guy, Hextall. I mean, 17 months, we don't know. But here's what worries me is that I thought Brian Burke was going to get canned. And then all of a sudden you see that he's not only keeping his job, but he reports directly to Fenway Sports Group. The last thing I want is that guy with his nonstop factory of horse manure that is his mouth and mind. The last thing I want is him, you know, getting in Fenway Sports Group's head because they clearly don't know that much about hockey. The last thing I want is him plotting the future because ain't going to be no future. Hextall and Burke, one thing about Hextall and Burke is they're going to try to keep their jobs. And the way to do that is probably to sign Malkin and Latang, although that contradicts what we hear about the sides being far apart. Although, Mark, I mean, if they bring back Malkin and Latang, they've kind of been sixth, seventh, somewhere in there in that mix in the Eastern Conference. There's no guarantee that they make the playoffs next year if they keep Malkin and Latang. Oh, no, if they keep Malkin and Latang, they make the playoffs. You think they're at least one of the top eight because the gap was so wide between eighth and ninth this year? Is that it? I just don't see anybody jumping up. I don't see the Flyers jumping up as much as some people think they will under Torts. I think that's still more than a year no, away. No, they, they won't. The Penguins will make the playoffs just if they keep Latang, period. Is there enough, should they, you know, for the sake of argument here, let Latang and Malkin go? I said it's 16.7 for them, but there's also more beyond that that they won't have counting against the cap. Do you see enough trade money available, free agent money available for them to put together at least a top eight team if they let those guys go? No. I, I don't, I, there's enough money. I just don't trust Hextall to do it. Plus, we're no longer a destination team. Because the shine is off the cups, you mean, and because Sid's at the end of his window? Because everybody's old. Simple as that. Where do you think they'll go if they don't go to the Penguins? Do you think it's Montreal or bust for Latang? And, and what about uh, Malkin? Still Dallas, I would think? predict Latang will go to Montreal and Malkin will go to Dallas. And, and, by, and by the way, uh, I always, I've been laughing about the notion of replacing uh, Malkin and Latang man for man. Like, you keep hearing the easy one is to bring Trocheck in 
for Malkin and, and Klingberg in for Latang, right? Mm-hmm. Well, those two are, are a little bit younger than Latang and Malkin, but they would cost almost as much, if not the same amount, as Malkin and Latang. And then if you're doing that, why not keep Malkin and Latang? And by the way, I've heard that Hextall's not interested in Trocheck either. He doesn't like Trocheck as a player. Not interested in what it would take in paying what it would take to sign him. Where do you see Mike Sullivan with the Penguins? Is he here by the time Sidney Crosby, by the time his contract is over in three years? I don't know. I, I, Tim, I don't know what this team's doing. <laughs> you know, I mean, like, it, for me, if Sullivan doesn't do better, if even if the Penguins would make the, keep Latang, make the playoffs go one and done, I think you have to move on from Sullivan, not because he's a bad coach, but because he's not adjusting. Just won't admit that the players that he's got can't play the style that he wants to play anymore. Yeah, exactly. I, I think he needs to adjust to having lesser players and different style players for sure. Yeah. Here's what throws me for a loop with, with if they keep Latang or Malkin or either. They just don't sign. Fenway Sports Group with the Red Sox and, and, and Liverpool don't sign older players unless they're at a very reasonable price. Like they just let Sadia Marne go. Uh, from Liverpool to Bayern Munich, and they're and they're probably going to let Mo Salah, who's their best player, best forward for sure, go as a free agent, which rarely happens in soccer. Usually, guys get sold, but go as a free agent at the end of his current deal, which expires at the end of the coming season, because he's going to be, I believe, thirty-one. Okay, Mo Salah is better at soccer than Evgeny Malkin is at hockey, and that's your okay. Right, right now and forever. I just don't get this quantum leap in philosophy. I don't get that they brought an elite management with the Red Sox and Liverpool and are letting Hextall and Burke in charge here. I just don't understand it. Yeah, and that does, you know, I didn't know the nuances of the Liverpool angle that you're talking about, but we all sort of wondered what their um, idea was of how a hockey team would look. And then after Morehouse left, that was sort of an opportunity, wasn't it, Mark, to bring in more of a, a hockey guy uh, to replace him in that position instead of promoting No, I, I want to bring in hockey guys to replace Burke and Hextall. Okay, that's fair enough. Could have brought in a guy like Breezeball from Tampa Bay and given him the Morehouse job by way of it technically being a promotion. Right, yeah, and then have him be the GM Poobah and then have a guy who's like, what, a glorified cap guy kind of have the title, correct? Yeah, I, I, Tim, I honest, I don't understand what they're doing. I can't even venture a guess what they're doing. Not not Fenway, not Hexton, not Burke. I don't know what they're doing. Mark, I wanted to get to uh, football and the way you uh, reacted to, and I, I thought it was right, uh, that interview that Mike Tomlin did on the Ryan Clark podcast, the pivot that he did uh, with, who else was on that? Shannon Crowder and uh, Fred Taylor, I believe, were the other players. Correct. You said a lot of what I was thinking, which is it was engaging, it was an interesting listen, he said a lot of interesting things, good stories, he opened up, stuff like that, but at the same time, it's not like he was asked a lot of tough questions. Oh, he wasn't asked any tough questions. Uh, wasn't asked about Tebow and Bortles, wasn't asked about being down 28 nothing to Cleveland and down 28-7 to Jacksonville in playoff games right away, wasn't asked about going from 7-2-1 and to 9-6-1, and wasn't asked about going from 8-5 and to 8-8, and wasn't asked about three playoff wins in 11 years, wasn't asked about Harrison, Blunt, Ingram, all having acrimonious uh, exits. The whole interview was, hey, Coach T, you've done great. Any comment? <laughs> it, it, was, it was 33% PR, 33% horse manure, 33% both and 1% insightful. It is one of the single most overrated interviews 
I've ever heard in any sport done by anybody with anybody. It was horse manure, period. One thing that I took away from it, and it's just sort of a different frame on a perspective that he put out there about feeling as dejected as they did in the wake of that Green Bay loss to the Packers, what it did for histories of players, you know, guys that could have won a third ring in five years and all that. But it sort of smacked me in the face that, you know, when they left that field in Dallas, I didn't think for a minute at that time that that team was done going to Super Bowls. And it was. So it wasn't so much, you know, like Troy and Harrison and Ferrier didn't get their third ring. It was more about Ben never getting back. Antonio Brown never going as a stealer. Marquise Pouncey never going as a stealer. Like, those are the things that resonated with me. Heath Miller never getting back. Brett Kiesel. And believe me, it'll be T.J. Watt never going to a Super Bowl. He might be the next one because Cam Hayward is the current one. I, I don't see Cam getting there as a Steeler. Neither has a chance, a remote chance. You know, a lot of people are saying, hey, look, the Steelers went out and signed another defensive guy in Larry Ogunjobi, and I say, good, they needed to. They needed to get another defensive lineman. Now I want them to spend even more on the defense, Mark. I want them to get another outside linebacker, too. Yeah, I mean, Alex Highsmith is average. I mean, Tim, every week on this podcast, every week on my show, we go over the holes that are still in the team. Mm -hmm. And they still exist, and people don't want to see it. I keep hearing the term elite defense. It just, the Steelers have become a myth from the coach on down. There's nothing elite about being 24th overall, 20th in points, and even against the past, 10th, when no one bothered because it was so easy to run. And I think there's a lot of enthusiasm on the theory of what the offense can become and a bunch of you know potentially talented young players, but not to the degree that I'm willing to buy that they're better than the Ravens or the Bengals this year in the AFC North, at least not the Bengals. Tim, I think Trubisky's going to play great, and it's still going to be enough. Because the defense isn't going to hold up its end of allegedly being elite or because the rest of the offense around him isn't good enough? All of the above. I think the potential for there is both. What do you think about Najee Harris? What kind of season is he going to have? Too fat. <laughs> he might do okay. They have a lot of guys who might do okay. What I'm worried about is his exposure to injury again with all those touches if they don't get a decent back. And that's picked up some steam this week and sort of the blogosphere and the talk shows and whatnot is the need for them to get another running back, a legitimate guy. Not like slightly better than Benny Snell, but more like D'Angelo Williams when he was here. Tim, I think they think Benny Snell's good. Oh, they can't think that, can they? Tim, was Benny Snell their backup running back last year? Uh, Yeah, he was. Then yes, they can. I mean, I guess they they absolutely can. They think that Akella Witherspoon is better than what he's shown. See, Tomlin coaches coaches like he talked in that interview. He thinks he can BS things into reality. In his mind, if he can see a way where Chooksakorafor is a legit starting tackle, if he can see it, then he can make it so. But if that's the case, then they would have won a playoff game more than, what, twice in the last 11 years, especially with the talent that they've had. I couldn't have put it better. I mean, it just they're just screwed. <laughs> they just, they, they're, there's so many flaws in that organization from top to bottom. And believe me, when the ownership, when the CEO duties, all that stuff went from Dan to Art II, that was a huge drop-off, just a huge drop-off. Uh Dan Rooney was in the football business. Art Rooney's in the football friends. He's a mark. 
Mark, is there any team that is better at snuffing its own perceived momentum even than the Pittsburgh Pirates? Uh, they go and they beat the Cubs three out of four times and then crash back to reality, losing against a better team in Tampa. Uh, that Shane McClanahan game today, man, there wasn't easier money to be found on a gambling front than putting the money on his strikeout totals and the Pirates under. That was like stealing. I, I just think anytime you bet against the Pirates, it's a good bet. Right now they stink. I mean, in, and let me ask you this: You'd know better than me because you, if you care even a little bit, you care more than me. Obviously, they have some decent prospects in the field with the bat. Correct? We can see that right now. Correct? Yes. How are their pitching prospects really? Uh, not close to the position players. Um, they would be hyped up more if they had them to hype up. Let me put it to you that way. And all I'm hearing about is the 14 shortstops that they have. Well, right, exactly. So, so, but but my point is, like, like with them improving, do they have the pitching? Will they keep the guys like Brian Reynolds? Will they sign and trade for veterans to, to put the team over the top? Because you never win with just young guys. Um, and then if that team does come together, like the 13, 14, 15 team did, will they, you know, spend money to maintain it longer than they did then? Because if you're going to go by three-year windows every, you know, couple decades, that's just not a sufficient window, and the Pirates have proven that. So, you know, even though I like their group of prospects with the bat and in the field, like guys like O'Neill Cruz and Sawinski and so forth, I question what they do with the whole picture. Well, that's that a great sense? point. You I know, mean, here's why it does make sense. I'll tell you exactly why it makes sense, because... You know, part of the alleged reason why you couldn't bring up O'Neill Cruz earlier is they weren't convinced, they weren't convinced, they weren't convinced that he could play shortstop. And the minute he comes up and throws the ball 97 miles an hour to first base, all you're hearing about, you know, on the Pirate broadcast is, oh, no, he could play short. Look at all the things that he does well. He's a lot more fluid out there. Look at how fast he throws the ball. He's like Sean Dunstan. Here's a list of other six foot three guys and bigger that played shortstop. And the list goes on and on. And that's how they approach every game with O'Neill Cruz. Well, you know, if that's the case and he can play short, then why were you constantly trying to make him an outfielder or a first baseman and getting all these other middle infielders? Well, why is he hitting 220 or whatever it is now? Sawinski, too, for that matter. Like, Sawinski's what? Dave Kingman? You know, he, he homers every. Oh, no, hold it. I really like Dave Kingman. Oh, <laughs> well, I like he Sawinski, was, too. He's fun when he hits the ball a mile, but, you know. He was my favorite player as a kid, so if we get the next Dave Kingman, I am good with that. The big test is going to be, you know, the Athletic.com listed Brian Reynolds as the number one position player available before the deadline. If you think this team can be good in three years, which is what we keep hearing, between two and three more years, right? Yeah. That you have to keep Brian Reynolds. You absolutely have to. 100% have to. Because it wouldn't be all that different than when they kept and had McCutcheon for the first couple years of his pro ball contract, big league contract, and he had to kind of be a part of the transition into them being competitive again. In theory, that's what Brian Reynolds should be. The easier point is, if you don't keep him, you're not in it to try to win. You can't have all 25-year-olds and win. You know, if you think you're going to be good in, in two or three years, Reynolds will be 29 and 25, he'll be in his prime, correct? Correct, yes. Got to keep him, and I bet they don't. I bet they trade him this year if they, they get a big enough offer, and they'll just, you know, keep keep pretending that the future's just a few years away. Right, and then it'll be, hey, look. It, it, remind, it reminds me of going, like, on a drive for vacation. Are we there yet? Almost. Are we there yet? Almost. That's how the Pirates do it. 
Finally, Mark, did you see any of the E60 documentary on the Avs and Red Wings from the 90s? You know, neither of those teams were, were like my favorites, so no. I probably will at some point. How long is it? I think it's an hour. I saw about 40 minutes of it. I had stumbled across, because I think I was sick or under the weather or something, I had stumbled across the Avs-Red Wings game this year when they played each other on March the 26th, the anniversary of the the bloodbath game. So I saw a lot of that, and maybe it feels a little repetitive to me now, but um, it didn't quite grab me as much as I wanted to. And maybe it's also because I I feel a little bit awkward about Sort of the glorying and the reveling in that era of hockey and what took oh, place. Oh yeah, like well, in, it wasn't an era of violence, but that was an, a rivalry of violence. Right. Yes. So we pick that out of the out of the clear blue sky and celebrate that. I I agree with that, and that's one reason why I probably won't watch it. And, uh, and Brian Burke's in it a ton. So if you're not wild about Brian Burke, you won't be happy about that either. Why aren't we celebrating the Oilers and Flames rivalry from like the '80s? You know. Yeah, which was which was certainly a tough rivalry, but more of a hockey rivalry. Why? I I I, I don't get that part of it either. Because really, Tim, they wouldn't be doing that that documentary if it wasn't for the Lemieux hit on Draper. Hey, you know what? I bet it pops a decent number, especially now in the middle of the Stanley Cup Finals. Yeah, the numbers but, have been good for the Stanley Cup Finals rating wise too. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's a great Tim. This has been uh, one of the great. Stanley Cup playoffs, I can remember. And, and, and I don't say that lightly at all. Mark Madden, you can listen to him Monday through Friday on 105.9 The X. You can also catch him at Trib Live four times a week, the Madden Monday podcast, and it's brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the app today or go to betrivers.com.